Hello, everybody. Thank you for turning on this podcast called When I'm High. I hope you listened to the very long part one of Jamie's interview. Uh, yeah, we talked. We I think we were recording for over two hours. Uh, I got it down to under two hours. And, uh, you know, I split these up mostly into two parts if they're long enough. And this was definitely long enough to do that. So here we go with the also very long part two. And so you, you mentioned writing these things down. Um, I'm guessing so it sounds like so you wouldn't forget them. And obviously memory is a huge thing. Uh, you know, losing some memory when people are high uh, is a big, big thing of that. So what in general, what is is your memory like? Are, are you able to hold on to those things? Or is that why you were writing these down in your journal? Um, I... Um, have kept a journal or a diary when I was back in, you know, fifth grade and first started um, writing what was happening um, for a really long time. And I would say my historical, like, knowledge and retention of the minutia um, for, well, even beyond that, it's probably, my memory has not been super great. And there's probably a whole lot of reasons for that. Um, some of them, you know, just some childhood trauma, things like that, that just kind of like, mm shut things down. Um, and I have found like that going back over the years and like pulling out when my journal from when I was 24, it's amazing to both, you know, see my growth and remember what had happened because sometimes I, it, it had nothing to do with being high or not. Um, right. but my memory just I'm like, Oh, that happened. Don't remember that. Um, and so I think especially with being, 20 years um, older than my, you know, 22 year old journal that I, it's really, um, I know now how much I value those writings and how, what they're able to afford me later to really bring me back to a place and to an experience. Yeah. So. Yeah. So, so that you, you knew obviously, cause you, this has been a habit for many years that you knew that, uh, you know, you, you just wanted to write this down so you could keep this log of, of your life. And then obviously, you know, maybe 20 years, you're going to look back on it and, and remember it. Um, but, and then in terms of just, uh, marijuana in general, mm-hmm. uh, do you feel like your memory is changed when you get high? I'm not sure. Um, you know, I, I, and I think part of why I'm not sure is because most of the times, um, well, so there was almost a 20 year gap of me being a regular user. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and so all of the rest of that experience has been like pretty recent and I don't feel like, um, I don't feel like there's any memory loss from that, uh, the, the more recent experiences, but I'm not sure. Or you, or maybe yeah. you're just not aware of the memory loss. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. That's fair <laughs> totally too. Possible. Yeah, yeah. Um, and you know, obviously, if nothing's jumping out at you, then it sounds like that might not necessarily be a thing that uh, affects you quite as much as other people. So and again, I think I'm really regulating my intake um, in a right. way that other people don't. And so, like, just like when people drink so much that they black out, I also not that you know you doesn't quite work the same way with cannabis, but I'm always taking a relatively measured amount. Um, and so probably not enough, not a, a heavy of enough usage to kind of really lose memory of, of the events. Yeah, that makes sense. It's all, always very uh, 
a very small dose. So it's not going to affect you as much as, you know, when you double or triple that dose. That's yeah. probably where the memory loss is going to start to happen. Yeah. Um, so you had mentioned creativity before. That's obviously one of my questions. Do you, I, I guess the first question is, do you do things that are considered creative or that you consider creative? And then how does marijuana affect that creativity? Yeah, so uh, aside from the writing, but most of that is um, reflection writing. It's not necessarily um, creating something new. Mm-hmm. It's certainly describing things with my words and being uh, you know detailed in that way. But um, I dance, and I have really enjoyed what that feels like and what that how. Um, the experience is altered when I'm high. Um, and, and I can, I think about uh, one of the classes I, I took during, I think shelter in place earlier this year. So it was, it was probably like six months ago that I didn't plan on it, but all of a sudden I was like, Oh, I'm going to, I think I'm going to take an edible. And hmm. the experience was also so much more as the same as when I, smoke or take an edible and then just do my own dancing in the house and it allows you to connect with the music in a really deeper sort of way or at least a different sort of a way that that really is mental and physical so all all the things that we've been talking about thus far um it it, it, like really highlights that um and how getting lost in that sensory space when you're moving for creativity and it's you know not not anything planned but it's just freestyle dancing Mm -hmm. how it is such a visceral experience as a result yeah do you feel like you end up doing things differently dancing doing different moves when you get high or is it more of just the the feeling of the dancing? Like a lot of people have mentioned, like stretching obviously feels very good when they when they get high. Is it more of the feeling of the dancing that's different, and your and your um, and your uh, connection to the music? So it, there's the the connection to the music definitely feels much deeper. But I probably am, and I already move relatively slowly for the the dancing that I'm doing but I I think I move even slower and more intentionally and there is a stretching that's involved too um there it's so easy to move from in any type of dance one move to another move without fully elongating your body or your limbs or stopping for a moment especially if it's ever something that you want someone else to see um if you just keep moving there's like a it the viewer doesn't have the same amount of appreciation for what's happening because it's just happening Mm. so fast in front of them and so um i when i'm high and dancing it is the mental and the physical that's making me move slower and stretch more and really enunciate every all of my movements yeah and so i have a sort of challenging question for you i guess which is do you think that you are actually moving slower or does it just feel slower because everything feels slower when you get high yeah um i I don't know i don't know the answer to that and i but i would say that i am feeling 
even the movement all that much more, which is something that in freestyle dancing, you really want to get to that place anyway. Mm-hmm. Um, that's, you know, typically something that it, you, it is all about the emotion, the interpretation of whatever you're hearing in the music or, and, and how that connects to what your experiences are. And so the ability to really make that connection and probably turn some things off is probably also what's happening. You know, like that, just like the rest of the mental chatter that allows you to be focused and present Mm -hmm. um, also allows you to do that when you're being creative in that way. Yeah. And whether or not you are literally moving slower doesn't really matter. Mm -hmm. It's the fact that you are, thinking that you're moving slower and and that you are more focused on the movements is what actually matters. Yeah, and the experience. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. Um, so, you know, taking music, transitioning into that, what is your, uh, you know, this, you don't, you, this does, isn't about the dancing necessarily, but um, what is your experience like of music when you get high? Just, just the music itself. Yeah, again, um, coming back to that, um, sensory experience and sensual experience of how what I like about being high I think um, the instead of having music on in the background when you're doing something else or you know you might be cooking or whatever I, I'm not multitasking when I'm high ever mm-hmm. I don't think um, so that singular focus on Music, when I'm not typically just singularly focused on it, is feels like a gift in some ways because you're just really able to take in how um, how it makes you feel. And I, whether or not I was dancing or not, I, I'm actually thinking about. And this makes me say yes, I have been able to carry forward the feeling of being high. Um, there's a song by. Tori Amos called Putting the Damage On. And it is orchestral. It is really, it starts out small and really builds and is dramatic like Tori Amos music typically tends to be. And I listened to it sometime this summer high. And then every time I've listened to it again, I have really just felt all of that. Um, the building of the song. Um, it, it, I've been able to tap back into that experience when mm-hmm. I was high into that not being high. Right. And so you you had heard the song before you had listened to it this summer when high, but for some reason that that moment, that memory of that situation this summer sort of changed your experience of that song going mm-hmm. forward. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And I was able to tap back into it and get back there. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's super interesting. It's it's sort of it it affected your your life going forward. You know, if you hadn't had that one experience when you heard the song, you might be much more passive about it. But it it brought sort of all those emotions back. Yeah, I'm appreciating you ask that asking that question because now I'm like, oh, I wonder how many songs I feel like that about. Right, that's right. Probably more than just that one. If I really start going back through the catalog. Mm-hmm. 
And then um, I guess you could talk about that song specifically or just music in general. Do you feel like you are noticing things um, in the music differently that you maybe hadn't noticed before that could be about the music or the lyrics? I actually feel like it's more about having the full experience Mm. of a song. Um, So the lyrics, the music, um, but all of it fully where, you know, it's easy to tune any parts of a song out um, at any time. I feel like it's just like, okay, I'm not, I'm not, I'm listening to that, the beat. I'm not listening to the lyrics or I'm listening to the lyrics and not listening to the music um, that that's behind the lyrics. I, I feel like there is just this fullness and this full experience that listening to music while high provides. Like, I feel like you, like, this is the whole song you're getting it. Mm. So you're able to maybe not focus on specific things, but you're more focusing on the 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 piece as a whole mm-hmm. altogether. Mm-hmm. 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 And again, the sensory part of that, and all makes sense. Mm-hmm. Right. Um, and, and I guess when when you're sober, how do you listen to music? Are you somebody who listens to the lyrics more, the music more, or do you listen to the whole thing? And then when you get high, you're just it's just more intense. Yeah, I definitely listen to, oh, I think it depends on what I'm doing. Um, if I'm dancing, I'm often feeling the beat and mm-hmm. the actual instrumental part of the song um, more than the song, um, that the lyrics that themselves are, it, I'm not going to try to correct myself. Um, <laughs> then going, like, but if it's something I'm listening to that is intentionally for, for just listening, um, like I like the message or the lyrics, then I'm, I'm usually much more of a lyric person. Mm-hmm. Um, and so being high and listening to music merges my normal intention with the full experience. Right, right. So sometimes it's more about the music, sometimes it's more about the lyrics, but the getting high sort of puts it all together, which mm-hmm. is very cool. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, so s- similar to movies and TV shows, do you... Um, you know, you had said in the past you had watched things when you were first getting high. What about these days? Um, what what do you watch? Um, and and then obviously there's Parks and Rec. How is your experience of that thing different when you get high? Also, I think that I am clearing away all the other details that are happening around me when I'm watching something and I'm high. So mm-hmm. if there's a cat meowing or a dog barking or something loud happening outside the window with autos. Like I just won't really hear it. And I will just really being able, be able to focus in on what's happening on the screen in front of me, instead of being just bombarded with so many other sensory experiences simultaneously. And so that there's probably so much more that I'm taking in just like the music that because I'm able to, to, cut away all the other distractions and just focus on the show or the movie that's in front of me. Yeah. Yeah. This is definitely something I've learned from going through all these interviews, which I guess at this point is probably like over 60, uh, that f- it, it sort of all comes down to focus, uh, in different ways, uh, you know, bigger focus, more, more expansive or more fine tuned. Uh, it, it always sort of comes down to some level of focus, 
Um, and that's great. You know, it, it, normally you might be distracted by those things and mm-hmm. you might not be able to focus in on that thing, um, which is totally fine too. But yeah, when you, when, if you actually want to watch the show with a movie, whatever it is, uh, then that's, that's going to help um, allow you to not get distracted by those other things. And related to that, um, which I feel like I don't even, it's probably like antithetical, like to, um, to meditation, but I actually have meditated a few times this summer while high and wow. I mean, it just allowed me to have such a different experience. And often, you know, part of what meditation is trying to get you to do is, deal with the humanity or of how uh, th- th- that's a weird way of saying it, but like the, the way that the human mind works, there is distraction. There's so much going on and that's just the way our brains work. And so if you're able to tone that all down, you have this different experience and it's flexing a muscle. It's um, you know, it, it, you get better over time, but then there are mm-hmm. days that it's just not good anyway. And you're still continuing to have all these other thoughts flooding through but and so because of the, the part of the practice being the practice, I feel like this is not what people who truly do meditation would probably like to hear. But it was amazing to be able to just be so present, be able to have that full experience. For me, meditation, I always see light um, or colors ebbing and flowing you know, behind my closed eyelids. And if there's sun, you know, that plays into it as well. But it was amazing to be meditating high. And it just, I think, took my brain to a totally different place, almost more like mushrooms. Mm. So, yeah, I mean, there's a lot to unpack there. Uh, Yeah, I definitely understood what you meant by, uh, you know, the world is filled with these distractions and that's sort of how our society works. And, you know, we're, we're always doing stuff. You know, obviously, it depends on where you live and what your life is like. Um, but yeah, there's there's always stuff happening. And so, yeah, the, the focus of meditation is to start to ignore those things and turn those things off and get back to, you know, just just your thoughts or even no thoughts if you can get to that mm-hmm, point. Mm-hmm. And so, you know, you may not have details on this, but what what was it? Um, how was the meditation different? What what happened? Uh, that was different. Do you feel that before getting high, you were able to have a quote unquote successful meditation? Um, and then, you know, yeah. How did, how did getting high change that? So I am truly loving how other questions you've asked keep popping up um, in my responses right now. So um, in ways that I, it took further prodding um, to mm. be able to get there. So this year, also was really the first time that meditation ever did anything for me. And I felt like it was a tool that I needed. Um, And I think a lot of it has been related to the pandemic, but I started before then. um, But I I found myself trying to meditate more often. Um, It particularly started in April doing uh, daily meta meditation um, through Instagram live. Um, But I really, you know, for a long time, I was just, I was struggling with meditation and it, I, I just, it wasn't doing, it didn't feel like it was doing anything for me. Like I wasn't connecting with it in that phase of my life. And I wonder 
because it is now it's something that feels very restorative. It feels like part of like the the tools in my toolbox for all sorts of mental health and well-being that I, I wonder how those times that I was high that I'm actually carrying forward into my mostly non-high meditation, um, mm. how I've been carrying that experience with me forward, like the song, <laughs> like, mm-hmm. um, yeah, yeah. Um, so the, the being high and meditating experience again, back to your note about focus and it kind of the thread between all of your 60 interviews being focused. I think that also, again, just let me move away all of those distractions and fully experience what the best version of meditation is for me, which is, it it does, it just feels like there's visuals with it um, behind my closed eyelids. There's the disconnection from my body, but just, just almost like pulsing lights and colors behind my eyes that that's what I'm focused on. And there's no other thoughts. Mm. Yeah, that seems like the the goal with meditation is to get to no thoughts. And I was actually just going to ask, when you meditate, do you have thoughts? Um, and then when you, when you meditate when you're high, do you still have thoughts? Do you have more thoughts? Do you have less thoughts? Uh, I guess I guess I'm mostly curious about what's the, how does how do your thoughts change uh, when you get high and meditate. So I'm actually going, I'm doing a 30 days of compassion meditation series right now, like through um, November, and it's being led by three different women. And we meet the same time every day throughout the month. And it's been really interesting, you know, that they're to get more into this philosophy behind or all the different philosophies behind meditating of like, it's okay that you have thoughts that come in your mind while you're meditating, but how you treat them and mm-hmm. react to them is really the key. You can just say, okay, thanks for coming. Move along, you know, or you can be like, oh, oh, I just thought something. Oh, I'm not supposed to be thinking anything. You know, like you can right. react really differently to that. And meditation is intended to just let the let the, the thoughts go um we'll see you again later thanks for thanks for coming um and so i i think the when i'm high i have because i'm so into the meditation and it's really i've only done it like twice i think this whole year where i have been high while meditating i i am not even sure if it's that i'm having less thoughts but it actually might be that i'm just being kinder to the thoughts that are coming in and being like okay uh, carry on <laughs> right there's there's maybe less judgment of the of having the thoughts in the first place yeah and not distracted by oh no i thought about something like and i'm not <laughs> meditating anymore yeah but just letting it pass yeah i i don't remember if I've mentioned here, but I think I have mentioned on my dictionary podcast, uh, you know, at least a couple of times. It's really amazing how just just sitting quietly for five minutes will be very restorative, be very helpful to you. And then, you know, when you can bump that up to taking 15 to 30 minutes of Really, that's what kind of what meditation is. There's obviously lots of different forms, but um, just really just sitting quietly, maybe focusing on your breath, maybe not focusing on your breath, and just just not doing anything is so 
amazing for the mind and the body, especially the mind. Um, and yeah, I think what you said about, you know, just letting it happen and not being judgmental, you know, not having an expectation of, you know, <laughs> what I'm saying now isn't about being high. It's about meditation, but uh-huh. that's okay. Uh-huh. Um, it's, yeah, it's just sort of letting it happen. Whatever happens, happens and not being judgmental about whatever happens. Uh, it, it's just very helpful. So I guess that's my PSA for the day, which is just, um, you know, try and try and do that, you know, once a day, even once a week, just to get into the habit of it. Uh, it's it's really, really helpful to to everything. Well, but I'll bring it back to being high. Um, yeah. I think that truly that is a lot of the um, the experience is like when I am being, you know, getting high, but not with the intention that there's going to be any judgmental, you know, anything judgmental happening. It is to relax, to just be, which is what meditation is supposed to be. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah, it's it's kind of amazing. And then after the meditation, uh, how how do you feel? Do you um, are you are you still high? Uh, I, yeah, I guess what what sort of the post meditation feeling like? So super interestingly, it almost is like I'm sober afterwards. Uh, um, yeah, I, there's something about where whatever's happening with brain chemistry and that is a real real thing with meditation of like how many like neuro pathways you can recreate and build because of meditation there's something um similarly to um having an orgasm when i'm drinking like that will kill like that it's just done like my my Hmm. buzz is gone i i think that there must be something with that release of meditating um, while high that I'm just like, okay, (laughs) my brain's like, I'm recalibrated now. Um, right. Right. Mm -hmm. You sort of used it up or something. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Well, well, so since you, since you mentioned that, that last thing, uh, you know, this is obviously don't get into any more detail than you want, but how is sex different when you're high? If that is something that you've experienced? Yeah. So I, I really, um, appreciated that, um, short, earlier um part of the podcast series um i just listened to it last week i think um so i actually never really considered it and i think also like many of your participants in the spliced interviews um talking about sex when high um i when i was younger i think because of how i was getting high it was always like an social situations. It wasn't <laughs> anything that I, yeah, it's never going to be happening then. But so having conversations um, with other people now, um, like actually somebody was like, you have to have sex while you're high. It is so good. Like, and I'm like, oh, okay. Um, and whether masturbating or sex, it, I, I find it, um, that there are so many, again, back to the sensory parts of what, what I really experience when I'm high, the sensations and the, um, the experience is just that much more. It's wonderful. Yeah. Well, I mean, yeah, that, especially in that specific situation, the, the sensory, if, if there's even more senses happening, uh, that's, that's definitely a good thing. And then on the mental side, um, and then I'm going to ask about food after this, there's, the, the physical senses, I, I have a feeling that I know what you're going to say when it comes to food, but there's the mental side as well. Um, is 
Is your view of this specific situation different mentally? Hmm. And this is where I think it's interesting how how people are different because, you know, some people, uh, a few people specifically, I can remember off the top of my head that I've interviewed, um, do tend to get much more physical and sensory when they get high. Um, but then I think there are other people who get a lot more mental with it. So I, I guess I'm just, uh, you know, I, I always like to ask about both because you never really know how somebody experiences it. Yeah. So I guess if we're, if we're still talking about sex, um, right. And, and being high, then, um, I have actually always, uh, it, it's been my, my, um, growth as a, as a sexual person, um, has been like getting out of my head and, and truly just having the physical sensations, which is why most of us are doing that in the first place. Not that there's not connection and all of those mm-hmm. other things where there can be, but um, I often find, especially having a female brain, there's like just so many things going on constantly. It's like, just stop and focus on this one <laughs> thing. Come on. <laughs> right, right. Um, and so I actually feel like uh, that has been, helpful for that mental side of it of like just being able to be fully present and Mm. have have the full physical experience and not not need to and not have my brain jumping all over the place right and and based on your past responses to other questions that 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 fits in you know Mm -hmm. you're able to to get less distracted and just focus on that one that one mm-hmm. thing, mm-hmm. Um, and then so so relatedly with food, what's the physical experience like, and then what's the mental experience like? So, food has been so interesting to me since again I you know smoked before and then kind of stopped using for almost twenty years and then started using it again when I was younger. You know, definitely was like super snacky and wanted um i think i enjoyed all the tastes but it was more about the like the physical need to eat more than um or the feeling like the physical drive to eat rather than the experience of what i was actually eating like the the taste um as opposed to now i actually don't find i mean i i think that the the tastes themselves I really am enjoying and I'm like noticing the nuances but which is actually not what you asked I uh that is what you asked um what I was going to say though was that I I don't have any of those munchies anymore Mm -hmm. like that's just not a thing anymore which is super fascinating um and I don't know if it's because of edibles versus smoking or just better quality I don't know, um, or just that my own body has changed. But yes, the the, the taste. I mean, I, I am noticing more of the nuances in the taste, but I'm often not eating anything. Right. So because you don't necessarily get the munchies, the food isn't necessarily a part of uh, of your life when you get high. Mm-hmm. But when you do, you you are noticing the the flavors a bit more. Mm-hmm. Um, and then I guess that's more of the physical. I guess on the mental side, do you feel like there's any difference or is that that might actually be the sort of the physical and the mental combined yeah yeah i think it is and because i'm often as we talked about earlier this is usually there's an open space like i have enough time to fully enjoy the experience often it's evening i might have eaten already 
Mm. And so I, I just am not ending up. Yeah. I'm usually not eating when I'm high right. anymore, which is so interesting. Yeah. Well, maybe there's some experimentation in your future of, you know, <laughs> let's, let's see what this food is like. Yes. <laughs> uh, let's see. So, so you had mentioned sometimes you try this uh, or sometimes you get high before you go to bed just to help you sleep and help mm-hmm. you turn off your brain, which sounds like a sort of a, a common theme. Um, do you notice your sleep being affected at all uh, or, or your dreams being affected? I have not noticed anything specifically about my dreams, but certainly um, I would say I'm sleeping more restfully, which is always interesting because you can also drink and it it can put you to sleep. Um, Mm -hmm. But that sleep also very well researched and documented is not good sleep. It's not good quality. You're not getting into all the sleep cycles where whatever's happening when you're high, it's actually letting you have the full experience. So you're still, you're, you're getting the full sleep cycles. And I always feel very rested and the next day. That's good. It's another argument for, I guess, cannabis over alcohol. Mm-hmm. Not that that's what this podcast is about, <laughs> but it does come up sometimes. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, so, you know, sort of tagging on to, to meditation a bit, do you consider yourself a spiritual person, a religious person? And then how do you feel like cannabis has affected that in your life? Especially because you've started up more recently. Um, you know, that that might might be a different thing for you than others. Yeah, you know, I, I feel like I am not a religious person. Um, I would say that I'm spiritual and really feeling like everything is connected and intertwined. And yeah, there's, we could go so many places with that, but um, I'm trying to think about what I would say most of those, uh, like the behaviors around my spirituality were already there um, Mm -hmm. before um, cannabis. Although I have been, and this is also something interesting that I don't know that I'll have the answer to right now, but because I really started using more and more regularly this year, this year, again, is when I really started getting into meditation, which a lot of people associate with spirituality, um, doing um, more full moon, new moon rituals of like letting things go or coming up with um, new things that you want to invite in, um, different moon cycles. And that's also been evolving and really um, been doing more of that this year as well. And so I'm not totally sure if that's pandemic, if it's regular cannabis usage, if it's just my spiritual journey as a whole. Um, But those things have all been happening in parallel this year. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I feel like this year is sort of, uh, I don't know, I feel like it's, it's the exception to the rule. Everything is just different and wonky and weird. Um, And yeah, it's hard to know, you know, is this because of this year? Is it because of something else? Who knows? Mm-hmm. Um, but but yeah, I think um, so. So do you do you feel when you get high that idea of everything being connected? Does that come up when you get high? Do you think about that even more so? Do you think about other things, or do do those do those things not really play into your brain when when you get high? They have not, as far as I'm 
aware. Yeah. Really. I feel like if, if they had, you'd, you would be aware. Yeah. I would say um, mushrooms is something that for sure, like that's always like the cornerstone of my experience. And that's also been a really long time since I've used those, but um, that was always very spiritual. But I, I feel like, um, again, with cannabis, I'm, it's so sensory and present for me. Why? what's happening for me when I'm getting high. So I think that's probably why it's a little less mental or spiritual. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. I feel like uh, maybe I need to do another podcast just about mushrooms (laughs) because that people have brought those up and it's like, there, there's part of me that wants to delve into that, even though, I mean, it's because I think it's interesting. um, But then I'm like, well, this is about cannabis, but does it really matter? I mean, it's still mind altering. Mm -hmm. Um, But, uh, but yeah, that's a, that's probably a whole other topic that we could get into. Um, let's see. So I'm sure people are like, yeah, let's talk about that. Well, so um, interesting because it's also becoming recreationally at least, or maybe not an unfinable um, offense if you're caught de- with it. Decriminalized. Yeah. Medicinally. Yeah. Um, it has been. So there's a lot of parallels. <laughs> yes. Yes, for sure. It's just, you know, a couple of steps behind. I know Denver decriminalized it. Um, I think... Man, I can't remember the the details. Colorado as a state might actually be working on legalizing it at least for medicinal purposes. But yeah, I mean that's that's really the next the next one that's coming through because there clearly is a lot of evidence uh medicinally, you know, yes. from microdosing yes. for mm-hmm. for PTS, uh you know, that yeah, we we talk about that every once in a while here. Um yeah, that's like I said, that's a whole whole other topic <laughs> to get into. Um, let's see. So in your training for this, um, your, your startup, your dispensary, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. um, in the training that you've done, do you feel like that you've learned more about the science of cannabis? Do you feel like you're turning into a little bit of a, a pot nerd or a connoisseur? So one of the things that, um, Perception Farms is really focused on is, you know, there's a lot of cruddy, um, quality cannabis that's out there, or at least um, is just being manufactured on a such a big scale that quality is often, um, it's just, you're not doing quantity and quality at the same time. It's hardly ever you're getting that in many things. Um, it's rare that you're able to achieve quality and quantity. Mm-hmm. And so um, my partners who have been lifelong, they never, they didn't take a 20, 20 year um, break uh, on using cannabis, um, they are so focused on our our company really producing quality cannabis, and so because of that, I've just I've looked at things so differently. Whether it's our grower um, that's been working in in Colorado, and he would be coming here to help us set up shop. And just seeing his pictures on Instagram of like what he's growing, just appreciating the the beauty of it. Um, we also went to Colorado to visit a dispensary and a, um, a grow operation last December. Well, it feels like forever ago. <laughs> um, but it was amazing to actually merge some of my day job work of horticulture um, into this this new field and this new venture and, and entrepreneurialism. And 
really, it's just amazing like what, you know, all the systems you can set up and how many different ways you can grow buds specifically. I'm less about Mm -hmm. the processing, but yes, I've learned so much. I'm probably getting to be a little bit more of a nerd. I can't, I will never probably get anywhere near where my partners are um, (laughs) because they're also scientists and they really, Uh, um, yeah, they truly, truly geek out on all the nuances, including now all the, oh, there's so many like micro images now of what the, um, what the THC actually looks like that there's been a lot that's been coming out lately just to like really understand like what those molecules look like Mm. and, um, yeah, which I, I'm seeing because because of that experience, but or because yeah. of my my relationship with the company. Yeah. So you're clearly learning a lot more about the process. Do you feel like that you uh, do you find it interesting? Do you feel like it, your appreciation towards uh, cannabis in general and getting high is different because you're learning more? Absolutely, absolutely, yeah, um, and. You know, I, I know other past guests that you've had, when, you know, talking about, you know, strains that they use for this or that. Um, I would say, again, because of the, the huge gap in time and buying things in the black market, you know, when I was a younger person, like there it was like you were getting what you were getting at that mm. point, And that was it. And now, you know, to really be able to understand, like, what I like and be able to read descriptions and like, Oh, like this is more physical. Oh, this is more mental and being able to, or, um, somebody that I know that, um, grows not in the state, but I, I have finally been able to try, try their bud. Um, and just to be like, Oh, just really appreciating the differences of the three types that I have right now. <laughs> um, and just, where that one wouldn't even have been possible before, but I'm even more motivated because of perception farms. Yeah, definitely. I feel like the learning the differences of what's, uh, you know, the the sativa, the indica, the, the terpenes in the different strains, I feel like that is really the next thing that a lot of people or you know people have already been working on that Mm -hmm. but i feel like that's Mm -hmm. really kind of the biggest next step um of of figuring out what those are and how those affect different people and and your own your own personal body chemistry i think there's a lot of talk about sativa and indica isn't as big of a difference as people think Mm -hmm. it is i think Mm -hmm. that it tends to be about other things as well but um but yeah that's a that's a, a big area of study um, so I, I would so, actually like to ask you a question back because this is something I've been thinking about and wondering about um, edibles. I feel like you, when you buy edibles, it's really about the type of edible that you're buying, whether it's chocolate or a gummy or you know a cookie. And it's, I feel like they're maybe on the medical side. And I guess my, this is my question back to you because this doesn't sound like a question thus far. Um, it is, are you aware of labeling for the experience of the high with edibles? Because almost everything I've purchased is just, you're just buying the type of edible at the dosage and it's really not getting into what the effects might be for you. Right. So uh, I definitely am not an expert on this, um, but I do remember hearing somebody telling me that 
it might have been somebody at a dispenser. I can't remember. Somebody who worked at one. Mm-hmm. Um, I feel like they said when it comes to edibles, sativa indica doesn't matter. Mm-hmm. Uh, I mean, I guess I've mm-hmm. heard people say it doesn't matter anyway, but mm-hmm. um, I, I think when it comes to edibles, that's even more exaggerated. It doesn't doesn't matter as much as it's more about the dosage of THC mm-hmm. yep. or CBD. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So I feel like. Yes, because I I, th- I think I've noticed that as well because they don't really mention that in the packaging, um, but I do I do think that there's there there's probably a lot more involved in that. Um, I think that I've maybe seen edible packages that maybe say hybrid or something, but I don't. It doesn't seem as common. It's more about how much THC is in here, mm-hmm. how much CBD mm-hmm. is in here, mm-hmm. and then yeah. Is it going to be a thing that you want to eat or drink? Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> which is a whole other world, which I think is hilarious because there's like French onion soup and <laughs> drinks. And yeah, I mean, there's the typical chocolates and gummies, but it's literally just anything that can be made with that it has been done, uh, it, which is just amazing. Yeah, the drinks are fascinating to me. I actually bought... Um, and, and I didn't drink it. I gave it to the same person I've been talking about with my nature experiences. I ended up giving it to him. Because um, I was like, I don't know how to take in, in this little bottle, there are 100 milligrams and there's no other measurement. And so like, how do I like manage my intake, especially when I don't take much in at right. one time? I'm like, am I going to have like a half of a shot? I'm like, okay, I'm giving it up. Here you go. Yeah. <laughs> Now, I don't know. I mean, it, they're, they're probably not all like this, but I do remember seeing one that literally had little lines drawn ah. on the bottle that said, I think they were maybe, they must have been every f- 10 or 15 milligrams. That's where the lines were. Yeah. Um, and then you just sort of have to figure it out from there. Yeah. <laughs> and, you know, I have to be probably pretty careful with your pour or something. But yeah, I mean, that's hopefully more more companies will put those lines on the bottles um but yeah because i had the same thought it's like how do you how do you figure that out how do you measure that out and then you know if it's a drink hopefully not if it's a drink that's going to expire it relatively near you know you don't want to chug the whole thing mm-hmm. you don't want to waste it so yeah i mean i don't know how many expire like that because there's it's a lot usually a lot of like pops sodas and and stuff uh yeah so edibles science it's all it's all very fascinating and that world is we're just getting better and better about that i feel like day by day there's always people doing new research and it and it makes sense right like it's just anything else that's not regulated mm-hmm. as an industry or not legal as an industry just doesn't get much attention paid to it on the scientific and research side of things and so now we're in Coming into a, a new realm, I guess coming back to it because it was regulated and legal. For right, right, or it, it was just allowed, and uh, you know, but there there was obviously not as much science back then about it, and now mm-hmm. we can really understand uh, and sort of, I guess, use it to our advantage to to you know make it make it work for us in the best way possible, and yeah. and have this plant keep on keep on living. So. How much would you say pot is a part of your life? So I guess, um, you know, it, 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 talking about back, back to time, thinking about I'm 42, I'm going to be 43 soon. Um, 
and having used it semi-regularly for five years, taking a really big break, and then um, coming back to regular, like, you know, twice a week seems regular usage. Um, it's super fascinating to like really think about that like it over time the numbers don't add up that it's a big part of my life but I think moving forward now um it I think it will be especially because it's so so easily accessible um legally and without yeah and being able to use it for for sleep um for calming down for anxiety for and all the good things too of just enjoying it. I can't actually imagine going back. And I would guess that, especially people who are starting to use it again or for the first time in the legal market, I guess is that they also can't imagine going back. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think as as a you know state by state as a country, I, I think going going backwards at this point would be kind of insane. Um, so so obviously Even the, just being part of your life i, I guess right. i mean um like I, I can tell you of people in my family who didn't use it ever because it was illegal and it was just something that accessible to them are like this is amazing <laughs> i'm so glad that i have access to it now where i just i wouldn't have expected that definitely um so so do you feel like that you can put a percentage to, you know, these days, clearly it's changed over the mm-hmm. years, but these days, do you feel like you could put a, a percentage to how much it's in your life or, or some other way that you want to interpret that? Yeah, I feel like it's a wonderful option um, that I take advantage of sometimes, I guess I'll, I would say it mm-hmm. that way. Um, you know, I, I definitely don't feel dependent on it in any sort of way, but when it's getting me to the appropriate feeling or the experience I'm looking for, then that is something that, that, that I take advantage of. I actually can't believe how much cannabis in edible and smoking form I have in my house right now, which made me realize how little I was using it. Mm. Um, more recently where I'm like, Oh, like, I don't know why I felt like I needed to buy more edibles because <laughs> I haven't been using them. Um, and I still have all this other stock, but chocolate covered espresso beans versus mints versus gummies. Mm. Um, certainly different experiences. And actually they, yes, aside from the THC level, um, I do have different experiences from those edibles. Um, but no, I don't know. Um, it's still, that's not answering your question of like what percentage. It's <laughs> still not a real, um, I guess I would say it's not a regular part of my life, or at least that I feel like is a part of my life that I depend on. Right. It's not like a big part of your identity. It's a, a thing, mm-hmm. a nice thing to have in your back pocket, maybe. Mm-hmm. Um, but what's different about you is that you are starting to get into the business side of yes. it as yeah. well. Yes. That's that can't be a small thing. No, no. Um, it, it's actually funny because my when I first started working on the company, you know, I, when we were filling or putting together our application, it was August of 2019. So that was it was not legal yet. And my brother was like, "You don't even smoke. Like, are you <laughs> like, is that good? Is that bad? Like, maybe it's good because then you won't like, you know, try to show up to work high." And we're like, no, okay. (laughs) And he's like, yeah, it's probably a good thing that you don't use it. Um, But yeah, you're right. Um, You know, it's 
because of the appreciation, the even if it's not taking it in, it has been a huge like, part of my life, um, yeah. even if it's not smoking or eating. And uh, so you back to you, those percentages. <laughs> no, 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 that's fine. I mean, we, I don't need a percentage. I just, you know, I like to put it in those terms in case that's the way that, you know, somebody wants to think about it. But you mentioned something about your brother asking, you know, uh, you know, if you're if you're not if you're not a user and you're in this business, then you're not going to go to work high. But is this something that you've actually talked about? Is how mm-hmm. how do you deal with uh, you know either yourselves or your employees being high at work? Uh, is that going to be allowed? Is that not going to be allowed? Uh, you know, because I think it is different. I mean, first of all, it's different than being drunk, but also your business is literally the thing, that mm-hmm. thing. So mm-hmm. how, you know, I haven't talked to anybody in the business side, I don't think really, how do you deal with that? Yeah. So our employee manual actually says that you cannot be high at work. Yeah. Um, and a lot of that is because of the, all of the security and safety measures that the state requires. Um, and so being not tracking any part of that, I know there are some people who are really, really great and clear headed, um, or at least seem to me to be mm-hmm. so while they're high, they will usually be like, no, like I, just, I might be operating that way or externally seeming like that, but internally I'm not um, operating at like a hundred percent. Right. So it, it just with the with the regulations that show up in every in every part of the regulated cannabis business, it, it's yeah, we're just like no, we're um, not that's that's not going to be allowed um, while working. Although, or and I would say, say although, and we worked with people who are in the industry in a lot of other states, and that's pretty standard. Right. That makes sense. That makes a lot of sense. Um, you know, but when you're off the clock. And you're having a maybe a, 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 a employee get together when we can't actually have get togethers. You know, that's another thing that can be Absolutely. thrown into the mix. Absolutely. Yeah. And in fact, I would assume that an employee get together, um, you know, a holiday party would, would right. include that. One hundred percent. So let's see. So what do you think? I mean, this is, you know, this is a different question for you than other people. What do you think your future with pot will be like? Uh, hopefully um, will include, you know, being part of a business owner with, with recreational cannabis. And I think it's super, I don't know. I, I'm super excited about this industry as a whole. And of course everybody is, you know, in, in so many different ways or I shouldn't say everybody is, but so many people are and really interested in coming into this, this industry as other industries die, you know, this is steady work. Um, and I'm not worried about that for my own job security with what I do. But um, for a lot of people who don't have, like their work has changed or they no longer have that um, occupation available. This is like creating a whole new set of job opportunities for people mm-hmm. um, that I haven't talk to one person um, who isn't really excited, you know, that, that interviewed with us and went through the process with us that because they're already users and they're like, finally, all the like 
research and the interest that I, you know, have in this for all of the reasons, whether it's like medical or um, mental, just recreational, they're, they're, it's so exciting to them to have something that they're passionate about, actually be able to be something that they can focus work on. Um, and of course, the, the inevitable wealth creation that's coming out of that. So especially with our company and its model, being able to just think about the future of cannabis, being able to redistribute wealth um, is pretty exciting. Yeah, definitely. Um, any final things from you before I ask my last question? I don't think so. Okay. <laughs> well, in that case, we're done. No. Um, <laughs> we're, we're almost two hours in, so. <laughs> oh, yeah. This this is definitely one of the longer interviews, um, at least You're on right, the... You know, down the meditation path and all yeah, yeah. descriptions, so. <laughs> we're all about tangents here. Uh, so, yeah, then uh, my last question is just what do you want to say to cannabis? Thank you for all of the different things that you've been able to provide to me. I like it. I like everybody's answer for that one. It's a good one. Um, so yeah, thank you to you uh, for being a part of this very long interview. Thank you for I, inviting me. Of course, of course. Um, I will make sure to get all of your uh, necessary links, if there are any, for Perception Farms and mm-hmm. put them in the episode description. I Obviously, it sounds like you've got a, a ways to go before that becomes a, a full reality. There's a lot of work involved in getting something like that set up. Um, you know, but hopefully it goes as easy as possible and as quickly as possible. And, um, you know, you can start getting that stuff out to the people that need it and the employees who need it and want to be a part of that, um, and can, you know, bring, uh, you know, just, just help their life, uh, financially. And, um, you know, if, if there are any, any of those people had any, um, you know, run-ins with the police beforehand, before all this happened, uh, you know, that, hopefully brings a huge relief to their life um so we are gonna end this uh episode here definitely was uh, two parts i'm sure and uh i just want to thank everybody for listening and obviously you can uh email me at when i'm high doc at gmail.com and i'm on twitter and instagram and facebook uh i would love to hear what you think about this and um you know if you have any recommendations for people that i could interview that would be great so thank you to jamie for being a part of this and uh i just want to say thank you to everybody be kind to people uh just just be helpful um and uh you know we'll we'll, we're going to talk more about cannabis in the next episode whoever that ends up being Thank you and goodbye.